Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to this free preview episode of the Tradecast, Byron Lambert's Tradecast. My name is Alex Dunlap. I'm the editor-in-chief at rosterwatch.com. I'm the host of Roster Watch on Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, and also the hosts of uh, a number of different podcasts that we have uh, at rosterwatch.com for our pro members, of which this is one. We'll get to Byron and the Tradecast, the first Tradecast of the 2018 season shortly. But first, I just wanted to talk to you guys about a couple of salient matters involving our podcasting, involving the pro podcasts, and involving what you can do if you want to support the work that we do at rosterwatch.com. As you guys know, if you're listening to this, we work incredibly hard at Rosterwatch. This is our job. This is what we do. We travel around the country to make sure that we have uh, the straight, uncensored, unfiltered, unfettered information uh, regarding the prospects coming into the National Football League and the analysis that we have on them. Uh, we, we work extremely hard to continue building our fantasy football models, not only for season long fantasy, but also for daily fantasy, dynasty, even deep dynasty, uh, developmental leagues with taxi squads, stuff like that. We outlay a tremendous amount of expense to be able to get all of this done. We spend all of our time focusing on making sure that all members of Roster Watch Nation are attended to in the comments section of uh, our pro articles uh, at rosterwatch.com and and that we're providing every bit of analysis that we can to help do something good and that's something good that we're wanting to do is to help you win your fantasy football leagues because we know that (laughs) as stupid as it is and as weird as it sounds man like we know that we love fantasy football. We love playing it with our friends. We want to win. We want to shove. We want to shove their nose in the dirt. We want to absolutely embarrass them, and we want to take home the trophy every year. And to be able to help you guys enjoy the process more, to be able to help you guys come out victorious more often uh, than you're coming out losing, it, it means the world to us, and we love doing that. But here's the fact of the matter: we have to. We 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 have to pay the bills. And not only do we have to pay for, you know, reinvestment in our company and and travel and like new tech and improvements, not only improvements to our front facing stuff for you guys, our customers, but also back end stuff, man, development costs are expensive and we want to keep doing it. But, you know, I know we've we've gotten a little bit of a little bit of blowback about moving so many podcasts uh, into the pro section at rosterwatch.com and I I guess what I want to tell you is that those podcasts are a tremendous value add for the uh, pro customers that we've had for so long who have supported us for, for so long. But it's also a way to, you know, look. If you want more of the Roster Watch podcast, and if 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 you want access to like you know three four of these a week not only the the waiver wire podcast but the like the trade cast that you're about to hear um you know trash man's fantasy fallout podcast is always going to be free because that's a shitty podcast <laughs> right but um the uh and i don't i don't really think that it's shitty but i mean it it's not quite as valuable as, as the, the the trade cast that you're about to hear that byron probably put eight hours of work into to today uh, to, to just get produced and that I'm going to have to ed- get edited and, and get put up. But you also get the DFS podcast, which goes uh, along as a walkthrough to help you with the DFS cheat sheets and the uh, DFS optimizers that are going to be available to, available to you as a pro subscriber. Um, and then the waiver wire podcasts, which are a great uh, supplement to the waiver wire cheat sheets, all available at rosterwatch.com. You can get all of this with a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. And look, guys, this is the most straightforward relationship we can have with our audience is to just tell you guys, you know, come to our website, get a pro membership. It's cheap. Whenever you do, we're going to work our ass off to make sure that the tools are up in time. We're going to make sure that, the, that we're constantly improving the tools. We're constantly improving our models, constantly improving our, our data feeds, um, constantly improving the way that we collect data. A, a lot of our data doesn't come from feeds. As you guys know, a lot of our data comes from going out, being places like the Senior Bowl, you know, Go, going to places like Velocity, go, you know, 
exos, going to these spots, putting accelerometers on these athletes and getting our own tests on, on, on their on-field speed, right? Like, oh, we're maniacal. So this relationship with our audience is us telling you guys, look, we're getting this content and we're getting it for you. We don't care about anybody else but you guys who support us and who are enabling us to do this, right? And so that's a straightforward relationship. It's not expensive. It, it, you know, the, a pro membership at Roster Watch is $5.99 a month. It, considering you're going to get four of these podcasts a, a week, you know, what, what is that? It's like 25, 35 cents per podcast. And that's without even talking about all the valuable to, so I would say 90% of the, our members at Roster Watch don't even listen to the podcasts. So if, if you're a fan of the Roster Watch podcast, not only are you getting that much extra of it, but you're also getting all of our tools, all the access to us, any questions that you have. And so if you find these podcasts valuable, you can choose to support and enable us to keep making this sort of content. And it's the content we love to make, and we're going to keep making it as long as you guys keep wanting it. But look, we're not going to have any advertising on these podcasts. We're not going to let anybody walk in and, and be able to tell us what we can and can't say. I want to be able to say fuck, right? I want to be able, I want to, be able to say we're, we're, we're living in a time where, where it's easier and easier and easier to put a muzzle on people. And, and we're never going to have a goddamn muzzle put on us. We are a nation and no third parties will ever, ever, ever misdirect us with their own interests. It's not going to happen. So before we go to Byron, I just want to tell you, if you're not a pro member at rosterwatch.com, you can go to rosterwatch.com right now. Uh, sign up for a pro membership. It is quick and it's easy. You can cancel whenever you want. We, we hope that you don't. We hope that you get an annual subscription. And you just support us, man. You're part of the crew. You're part of the nation. For you guys who are... Um, already pro members and have been with us since the very beginning. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. You guys are literally, you, you guys are family. You guys are, you guys are family, man. Like, like, you know, my family, Byron's family, Trashman's family. Well, like you guys, you, you guys are family to us and we can't thank you enough. We're going to keep working our ass off uh, for you guys. If you guys are not pro members, go to rosterwatch.com, get a pro membership, and don't take it from me. You can go to rosterwatch.com backslash success. Read testimonials there from all of our uh, winning pro members there at Roster Watch. So with that being said, and without further ado, 2018's first iteration of the newest weekly podcast for our pro members at rosterwatch.com. I give you Byron Lambert, the original Greek swindler, pricing king, the return of the trade cast. Byron Lambert here. It's that time again. Welcome to the inaugural edition of the annual Tradecast for the 2018 fantasy football season at rosterwatch.com. Some people call me the pricing king. Trade season is upon us and indeed has begun in principle. Remember, we were born to negotiate, Rosterwatch Nation. So after much consideration, the trade market heading into week three has taken shape and it's a giant burly one. Here are the notions we've developed to leverage it. A few of the big-name guys that are trending heavily right now, of course. You'd have to start with David Johnson of the Arizona Cardinals. It's been an absolutely pathetic start. 
10 points per game in half-point PPR formats, just to kind of split the baby here on this podcast. 14 touches a game for David Johnson and only a measly 5.5 targets a game for a player who just a year ago before the injury we were expecting 30 touches and potentially upwards of 8 to 10 targets per game. It's only been 42 rushing yards per game for David Johnson. So far, he's got frustrated fantasy owners. He's on a horrible team with a bad offensive line. We're going to get to some trade scenarios for David Johnson owners or for those potentially interested in acquiring David Johnson uh, later in the trade cast. A couple of the other big name guys, Le'Veon Bell, his name has been removed from all of the Pittsburgh Steelers marketing collateral and game roster material. It's unclear whether he's going to be back anytime soon. Uh, certainly, if we were the Pittsburgh Steelers, we would be hardballing Le'Veon Bell right now. An awful lot of drama in Pittsburgh, uh, known for its blue-collar characteristics. Kind of ironic. James Conner, of course, the other end of that stick, that equation of this Le'Veon Bell situation. It's been a meteoric rise. Uh, people that picked up James Conner is a good chance you're 2-0 right now. And I'll tell you what, with the lack of clarity with the Le'Veon Bell situation, we're seeing a lot of stuff fly across Twitter, a lot of stuff fly across the site in terms of what should I be shipping James Conner off for because I'm getting these offers right now. And I'll tell you what, guys, I want something good for James Conner. And again, we'll get to that later. We'll tell you what that something good is and... <laughs> The something that's probably been the most good to begin the season, of course, is Patrick Mahomes offers flying off the shelves for him as well. A lot of you guys wondering, is he a keep? Can he keep this up? Many of you have two quarterbacks. He might be your backup quarterback. Uh, many of you are just hot and heavy uh, potentially to acquire Patrick Mahomes. That's not really the side of things that we want to be on at Roster Watch. We'll be more on the side of trading Patrick Mahomes or possibly keeping him. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit more uh, later in the podcast when we're going to give you guys some real examples of trades that we would be uh, offering in our leagues, trades that we would be constructing uh, for players we have desires in, trades that we might be willing to accept if they were posed to us for some of the players that will be the subject of today's trade cast. Uh, we'll start with the running backs to sell high on. This list be begins with Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints, who in a half-point PPR format is averaging 27 points per game through two weeks of the season. But guys, this is only on 18 touches per game, and Alvin Kamara, a running back, is only averaging 37.5 yards rushing per game. After this week, the other players in your league are going to begin discounting Kamara's value due to the return, the imminent return of Mark Ingram, it's been a tough start for the Saints. They're missing that inside punch with Ingram. I think he's going to be a welcome addition back to that team, and we'll be back to something maybe similar we saw last year. I mean, Camaro, that's fine if he's taking the lead, but it's going to be very hard for him to maintain this kind of pace. Uh, he's just a fine keep if you love him, especially in PPR. However, Alvin Kamara is the definition of a sell-high player right now, and we think there's plenty that you can get for him. Another sell-high running back is Melvin Gordon of the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a training camp we've been to the last three years. We've been through the rise and the fall and the rise of Melvin Gordon from Danny Woodhead to a solo backfield to the rise of Austin Eckler over the last three years. 25 points per game in a half-point PPR format to begin the season for Melvin Gordon. That's an absolute monster. But guys, as we've said, it's regressed a little bit already after two weeks to 19 and a half touches per game. It's a tricky situation with Gordon because he's getting all the targets right now, which seems unusual. And Anthony Lynn wants to feed the running backs more overall. That's the signal he's been sending all offseason. But the other signal that's been sent is that they want Eckler more involved. And then even during the draft, they had some interest in other mid-round running backs to help take the load off of Melvin Gordon. We've seen this show with Melvin Gordon before. Uh, he's not going to continue with 10 targets per game. 46 yards rushing per game only for Melvin Gordon through two weeks and a big touchdown dependent three touchdown game last week. It Guys, it's time to sell very high on Melvin Gordon. Like I said, we've seen this one unfold before. Jay Ajay, Philadelphia Eagles. Sounding now like he may be able to play in week three. 
Uh, he's been averaging 15 points per game on only 11 and a half touches, only 42 yards rushing per game. And he's a touchdown dependent running back in a Doug Peterson running back by committee. And it's Jay Ajayi who will always be an injury liability on your roster. As we've always said, sell high on Jay Ajayi. Guys, let's keep that mantra rolling. Adrian Peterson. Selling high on Adrian Peterson's kind of always been part of the plan and kind of always been baked into the strategy. This is a good time to t- at least test that strategy early. He's not a must-sell. If you have to keep him, keep him. That's fine. We're trying to win right now, and he's got a path to touches right now. But, guys, there's no way Adrian Peterson maintains 21 touches a game, that clip or that pace, over the course of the season. I'll be surprised if he does. Uh, his backfield mate, Chris Thompson, in PPR formats, he's probably a bit of a hold. If, on the other hand, we think Adrian Peterson is a little bit of a sell high. But, guys, Chris Thompson at 24 points per game in PPR on only 14 touches per game, that, that's a sell high. By definition, that is a sell high. Chris Thompson's the kind of guy you could potentially throw into a combination deal for an elite player coming back your way to a lesser extent on a smaller scale deal. This may even be possible right now with Austin Eckler where something very similar is happening with his productions and the reality behind it. Tevin Coleman, another guy. Devontae Freeman owners are feeling absolutely desperate right now. Coleman got the 20 touches last week. But he didn't get the mega enormous action. We did see the rookie Edo Smith already cut in a little bit and spell Coleman last week. This thing turns back into a pumpkin, back into a headache as soon as Devontae Freeman returns. This would be the time to capitalize on Tevin Coleman unless you absolutely have to start him now to get a win. If that's the case, that's fine. Go for it and feel good about it. However, if you're looking to capitalize on Tevin Coleman's value, the time would be uh, right now. And, and guys, we always talk about it. You know, the draft is probably 30 to 40% of your success on the season in fantasy football. The other 60% is your in-season management. We make it easy over at rosterwatch.com uh, to do it with our simple suite of proven and winning tools. You know, and that's primarily going to consist of two parts, working your waiver wire every week And coming here, listening to the Tradecast every week, making trade offers in your league every week to continue to improve your starting roster as we build depth and quality of depth to navigate the attrition of the season and then begin to consolidate that depth into the best starting lineup possible, the most player equity possible in our starting lineups uh, later in the season as we gear for a playoff playoff run. We'll take you through that step-by-step. Uh, over at rosterwatch.com with the waiver wire cheat sheet with the trade cast uh, from now through the end of the season. A couple more guys that may be hard to characterize as sell high, but I'll tell you what, in standard leagues where it kind of feels like these guys still have umbrella, mega umbrella name value and appeal right now early in the season, in standard leagues, I might consider seeing what I can get if I'm a Christian McCaffrey, Philip Lindsay, or even Saquon Barkley owner. So far, it's been two entirely different worlds for those players in standard versus PPR. McCaffrey, we have a track record that says that's probably true. That's probably who he is, and that will probably continue to be true. Everything we know about Philip Lindsay says that more than likely that'll be continue to be true with him. Uh, you know, he's a he's an undrafted rookie free agent, 190 pounds, has come out of nowhere. And and that's not the only liability. The other liability is what is his real value on the season in a standard format. So again, Philip Lindsay, right now people are interested in Philip Lindsay. He could be an important throw in on a real caper for a monster player uh add to your roster. Saquon Barkley I would consider in standard selling him for the right price. I like him a whole lot. He's a core play, uh, player. He's going to be just fine on the season. But definitely a much better player so far in PPR than in standard. If I could get the big mega haul for a Saquon Barkley, 
uh, or if I'm in a bind where I needed to break him down into a couple other players that could help me win right now or fill some holes in my roster, he's a player that you can consider doing that with and really not feel too guilty about it. On to the buy low running backs of the week. Potentially carry on Johnson, uh, a bit of a buy low here. He is trending in the right direction and he's slowly taking the lead in that Lions backfield. Of course, we're not there yet. As the trash man says, we got to tap the brakes. It's still a little bit of trepidation as to when that value could occur. But if you're looking to buy low on a potential speculative player, not everybody loves on Johnson or knows about him uh, like we do. I'd say he's uh, on the radar in, a, in maybe a small deal, a lower scale deal. The same potentially for Marlon Mack of the Indianapolis Colts in a similar situation. However, he was a DNP uh, did not practice today. You'll want to keep an eye on that. But both on Johnson, Marlon Mack at the right price on my bench. I'm interested to see what upside those guys have down the stretch. They could be uh, valuable, and you may be able to get on cheap, cheap on them now. Uh, Rashad Penny, very much in that same boat. I know a lot of Roster Watch Nation already owns Rashad Penny or has already made a move to pick him up just strictly based on how poor Chris Carson's production has been. He was the first-round pick. Guys, we told you that was fake news about two weeks ago coming out about the fall of Rashad Penny and the um, complete lockdown that Chris Carson was going to have on that job. Uh, That just wasn't the case. It was never the case, and we told you so. So Rashad Penny, um, you know, we'll see. That might not turn into anything real fruitful this year. There's a lot of question marks surrounding Rashad Penny and that Seahawks offense, but Uh, Not on many folks' radar and only about 60% owned right now. So potentially a buy-low stash in the mold of a Marlon Mack or a carry-on Johnson with some upside to take that job over down the stretch. Um, Potentially maybe still a waiver wire pickup for some of you guys uh, in a little bit uh, shallower leagues. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, he's probably going to be a hold just because his value is so far in the tank on a horrible team with a bad offensive line, a rookie quarterback. He's exhibited zero production so far. He's injured. And of course we've got another allegation this last 24 hours about, you know, potential child abuse. Uh, Unclear what to make of that at this point, but still just another cloud hanging over the head of LaShawn McCoy in the 2018 season. And so more than likely a hold just because you won't be able to get anything for him. Uh, or the you're going to want to offer so little for him that nobody would want to uh, give him uh, give him up for that price. However, I believe it's worth mentioning that if I can get LaShawn McCoy for a bag of peanuts right now, or as a throw-in from an owner who's scared shitless about him on another deal, I'll take him. I'll take him and put him on my bench and see what happens. Uh, similar player, similar situation, Derek Henry. Owners did not love drafting him. Uh, They basically did it out of necessity, uh, just based on how their drafts unfolded. Don't really love targeting him as a buy-low running back. Uh, But if I need a running back and I can get him on the real cheap, I'd do it for Derrick Henry. He is going to have some big games. 18 touches was a step in the right direction last week. Don't forget he had the 65-yard touchdown in week one called back on a bogus holding call on Delaney Walker. It should have been... On the defense, Uh, Jack Conklin and Taylor Lewan are trending in the right direction for a return uh, to bring the reinforcements back into that offensive line and hopefully take it back up to the level of one of the more premier offensive lines and run blocking units in the league. And Derrick Henry is always going to be a bit of a headache, uh, but you could definitely do worse if you needed a running back uh, and if the price is right. And, you know, there is upside there with Derrick Henry. A few other guys, Duke Johnson, Alex Collins, and Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller, who's averaging 18.5 touches per game right now, uh, but under double-digit fantasy points uh, on an offense that should heat up in Houston, but we still hate the offensive line. Uh, Duke Johnson, Alex Collins, Lamar Miller, all potentially quasi by lows right now. Lamar Miller, more than likely the player we're most interested in out of that group. Kareem Hunt, a similar boat to Lamar Miller with just bigger draft capital behind him and bigger name value. 
uh, on an offense that's scoring an insane amount of points right now. But Kareem Hunt, 17 and a half touches per game right now, less than Lamar Miller, only 10 points per game for Kareem Hunt, only 62 yards per game, um, which isn't horrible. But I guess actually, you know what, 62 yards a game for Kareem Hunt, that's pretty solid. So if his owner is only looking at the touches and the production, I guess if you're targeting Kareem Hunt, you want to keep in mind that that's not the worst rushing total uh, ever for a guy who's also going to get you production in the passing game. I mean, that puts him on track as a thousand yard uh, rusher right there. And it's most folks would consider it uh, lackluster uh, for the first few weeks for Kareem Hunt. Um, all the attention is on the Kansas City passing offense right now. I don't believe you'll get a steal on Kareem Hunt. Uh, but if there's a possible deal to be had for Kareem Hunt, I could certainly be interested in acquiring him at the right price. Uh, another player very much in that Kareem Hunt range of things. Dalvin Cook was a did not practice today. In the end, I'd say he's more than likely a hold for most owners right now. I don't think you'll be able to consummate a deal either if you own him or if you're interested in him. Um However, he's a guy that, especially with the DNP today, I'd say is worth sniffing around as a buy low. Uh, but he's an interesting guy. You know, before the DNP today, I, there's also a chance that in, to a desperate owner, Dalvin Cook could have been a bit of a sell high, a super interesting uh, character. This DNP uh, maybe tilts it uh, a little bit more. But an interesting idea and an interesting guy to sniff around. Uh, is Dalvin Cook, you know, potentially think about it. We were talking about the sell high on Alvin Kamara earlier. If you go look at Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook's production and, and not really their fantasy production, but their touches per game, their, even their targets per game, uh, their profiles in many ways have been very, very similar uh, to date. So maybe if I'm an Alvin Kamara owner, I see this DNP on Dalvin Cook today after he had a decline in snap count in week two. Feels like people are a little goosey about Cook. I see his name flying around in trade offers right now. Maybe if I'm a Camara owner and I'm trying to get the most I can for Camara right now, Dalvin is one of those players I'd be pursuing. Dalvin plus another solid player for Alvin Camara all of a sudden has the makings uh, of a solid trade. I'd say similar situation, again, with Lamar Miller and uh, Jordan Howard. Uh, Lamar Miller a little on the lower end of things. Jordan Howard maybe sandwiched in between a Dalvin Cook and a Lamar Miller or much closer to the Dalvin Cook uh, range of things. But all guys who aren't quite averaging the touches uh, and maybe the production right now that their owners would like to see but certainly have upside and aren't necessarily touching the ball any less than a guy like Alvin Kamara certainly could be targets on the other end of a deal if you're trying to sell a Kamara or maybe a uh, Melvin Gordon high. Again, that'd be Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, Jordan Howard, or Lamar Miller. Do you want more of the Roster Watch podcast? Well, now you can have it. The Roster Watch Pro podcast is now available for pro subscribers at rosterwatch.com. All you have to do is sign up for a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. You'll get access to all pro podcasts as well as our tools for fantasy draft season like the epic and magical mystical cheat sheets, in-season tools like the matchup tool, snap counts, touches, targets, touchdown dependency, so much more. And then our DFS products including the DFS cheat sheets for DraftKings and FanDuel, the Vegas tool, the Hyper DFS Professional Lineup Optimizer, and so much more. If you play preseason DFS, Roster Watch Pro is for you. We'll have weekly previews of the main slates for all of our pro members mixed in with exclusive content from the 2018 Training Camp Tour. And then in season, you're going to be able to enjoy Byron Lambert's legendary trade cast, uh, the Waiver Wire podcast, uh, premium podcasts like our weekly DFS breakdown. All this, all our tools, and all the access to us that you can imagine for the lowest price in the industry. We are a nation join us at rosterwatch.com on to the wide receivers the wide receiver trade market for week three the sell high wide receivers this list begins with aj green deshaun jackson and stefan diggs look to sell really high on aj green and stefan diggs both are top five scoring on the season but neither are even top 25 in receiving yards per game through two weeks deshaun jackson 24 points per game on only four and a half targets per game. 
and a low snap percentage that is being cannibalized by Chris Godwin, who also happens to be a bit of a sell high on only five targets per game and only a 50% snap count after registering two pretty good games to begin the season. It's, it's impossible for that offense for Ryan Fitzpatrick to continue this clip. Um, you couldn't sell higher on Deshaun Jackson. Uh, and Godwin is one of these guys right now that people like. I believe you can throw him in on a combo deal as an important player. Uh, that's really not a real penalty to uh, not not a huge loss to your roster long term really that could net you that big fish you're looking for in a trade deal similar situations on potential potential sell highs uh, maybe on a little bit lower end of things with John Brown and Kenny Stills John Brown 15 points per game in half point uh, PPR scoring formats on only three and a half receptions per game, guys. I mean, granted, it's seven targets, but still three and a half receptions per game and a Joe Flacco team with all these options, that's not gonna cut it long term. Or even Kenny Stills, who's had the monsters, but only four targets per game. I'd like to sell both of those guys high right now. And they are the perfect players, the ideal players to throw in on that combo deal for that. For that one better play guy, player, guys, most of the time, we'll talk about this a little later, we want to be the one getting the singular better player back in return because of the quality of our rosters. We have the ability to do this, and, and that's you know that's what's going to put us in position to win later in the season. And so John Brown, Kenny Stills, definitely the kind of guy you can put in as that second or third player on a combo deal for that one or maybe two really good players coming back to you. Uh, we have the return of Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey trending a little bit closer to a return. Nelson Aguilar, a really nice play to begin the season, a really nice player to continue the season. However, I would posture that in PPR, he could be a bit of a sell high right now. He's been getting peppered with so much target volume. Uh, it's unlikely he'll maintain that. Aguilar, a guy with enough value right now, could throw him in a combo deal and could be the guy that puts you over the top uh, in a deal for one of these premium uh, players. We'll give you some examples again at the end of today's trade cast. Might look to ditch Marvin Jones in PPR formats where I can uh, still get value for him. Uh, we like Marvin Jones. There's no necessity to get rid of him, but in PPR, it's just not going to be a good situation for Marvin Jones. Not going to be an ideal situation for Marvin Jones. Again, we're not desperate. He's fine to keep, but if I can get value in Marvin Jones in a PPR format, I, I'm I'm considering it. I may be looking to ship him here in that situation. I would say the same goes for Golden Tate in standard leagues. If you can ship Golden Tate off for something good in a standard league as part of a deal for somebody really good, definitely go for it. Kenny Galladay, um, you know, well, let's keep a pulse on that. Uh, on selling high on Kenny Galladay. Very good player. Very happy that many of you have drafted him using the cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com. Uh, thrilled to keep Kenny Galladay. But, guys, we don't get married to any of these things. We've had to learn in life uh, to be successful. We have to, we can't be married to possessions. We have to learn to be able to let things go, especially material possessions go, commodities go in life. Uh, we're trying to win here at all costs. And so, Look, I'll, I'll keep a pulse right now every week on Kenny Galladay and what I can sell him high for. Again, could be very much like a Nelson Aguilar. Could be a player you throw in a combo deal that puts you over the top for that one premier player you're really looking that's going to put your starting roster uh, just really uh, on fire uh, here heading into week three and beyond. A Tyler Lockett, a touchdown-dependent shrimpy pipsqueak on a bad Seattle Seahawks offense. Uh, averaging four receptions, a measly four receptions a game. No thank you. Throw Tyler Lockett in deals wherever you can, guys. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Kansas City Chiefs, an absolute freak and a beast. However, potentially a bit of a sell high, at least by definition. Obviously, uh, it was a tremendous draft value for many members of Roster Watch Nation. Again, using the Cheat Sheet products, we had massive exposure to Tyreek Hill and quite a bit of exposure to Sammy Watkins, who finally broke out in week two. Not compelled to sell Tyreek uh, Hill in the least. 
Um, but I believe last week we might have gotten a better glimpse of what this offense is going to look like, which is could be a little bit of a fantasy carousel, albeit a very high-powered one that's definitely got plenty to go around and support uh, everyone. However, 25 points per game in a half-point PPR scoring format for Tyreek Hill on only six receptions per game is by definition at least a little bit of a sell high or a consideration of a sell high there on Tyreek Hill. As far as the buy low wide receivers for the week three trade market, Roster Watch Nation, of course, the big buy low target of the week, it has to be Odell Beckham. Has to be. Underperformance through two weeks. Eli Manning looks pitiful. The offensive line looks pitiful, and people are genuinely concerned now. The addition of Saquon Barkley, 16 targets. Evan Ingram, the real deal in year two, still commanding attention. Is Odell Beckham still going to get that volume that put him over the top? That could be the seed that is beginning to sprout in Beckham owners' heads after two less than thrilling weeks out of their number one uh, draft picks. Certainly at Roster Watch, we always love the opportunity to go get a guy like Odell Beckham. So when Odell Beckham is a buy-low wide receiver in our league, we pay attention to this and we start thinking about what offers we might be able to put together that makes sense uh, to go get him. At least go look at who owns Odell Beckham in your league, what their situation is, what their record is. Is there anything that might uh, make sense to at least put out there? Uh, I'd say to a lesser degree at the very top end, uh, Antonio Brown is very difficult to call him a buy low, but at 16 and a half targets per game and only 11 points per game in standard, kind of the rise of Juju Smith-Schuster and all of the drama in Pittsburgh. We know, you know, between Big Ben, the drama queen, and Le'Veon Bell, a drama uh, being a drama queen, and Antonio Brown, a drama queen himself, skipping practice yesterday. Um, hard to buy or say Antonio Brown's a buy low, but there could be a tiny chink in the armor right now. If you are ever interested in Antonio Brown, this would be a reasonable time to at least poke around uh, on him. Mm. Prior to a limited return to practice today, I would have told you guys that Marquise Goodwin might have been the sneaky buy low of the week. Not sure what the temperature of his owners really is right now, knowing he's back. I'm assuming they uh, are hoping they can you know, play him this week. But you know what? They might think it's a wait and see at this point with Marquise Goodwin. And all of a sudden, it's been two lost weeks and then another lost week looking forward and Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't looked good. And, and in the end, this is Marquise Goodwin. People only drafted him so high because everybody told him they had to. Uh, we were at 49ers camp the last two years. We've seen the rise of Marquise Goodwin. We can tell you he is, in fact, Jimmy Garoppolo's guy. We still like him as a commodity in fantasy. Obviously, that kind of sprinter's Olympian body, you wonder, is he a little bit injury-prone, a little bit durability issues with Goodwin, undersized uh, wide receiver there. So, you know, again, those could be seeds of doubt sprouting in Marquise Goodwin's owner's uh, uh, heads uh, that are beginning to maybe uh, take a little bit of hold and cloud their judgment. You'll never know unless you ask, though. So Marquise Goodwin, potentially a sneaky uh, buy low uh, in your league at the wide receiver position. Another DNP today, that was Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, a player I've seen his name flying around in trade offers based on his production so far, based on his statistics so far, could be a bit of a buy low himself. Uh, we'd expect that offense to continue trending upward as Andrew Lux um, returns steadily, you know, improves. Uh, Corey Davis, Larry Fitzgerald, and Jarvis Landry, other possible buy lows at the wide receiver position. I think I might be most interested at Jarvis Landry of those guys at this point. The targets are there. Of course, the fantasy production hasn't really been. Uh, but a few other names that you just you look at their stats and you say, okay, those are those are definitely buy low guys. Their their target share has been decent. They're solid players, but the production hasn't been there. And they're not players that folks are in love with. Uh, so if I was looking to bolster my wide receiver core. Through the trade market, uh, you know, 
Odell Beckham, Marquise Goodwin, T.Y. Hilton, Corey Davis, Jarvis Landry, Larry Fitzgerald, all players I'm looking at. I would have thought after week two that Allen Robinson would be off the table. I mean, he's clearly Trubisky's guy and looks pretty darn good out there, but I still see his name flying around on the site and on Twitter and trade deals. You know, he really hasn't uh, blown your socks off in standard where he's only averaged seven and a half points per game, but it's 10 and a half targets for Allen Robinson. And, uh, you know, some people think Mitch Trubisky sucks. Plus there's a ton of mouths to feed in Chicago. I say the targets are there. Allen Robinson looks good. He's a good player. I'd hold him if I had him, um, and I'd feel just fine about it. But I'll tell you what, I certainly would not mind acquiring Allen Robinson at the right price. And I'd say in a standard league, just for owners looking at his bottom line production the last few weeks, there might be a chance to do so. And Allen Robinson, pretty clearly the guy at the wide receiver position uh, in Chicago. Uh, As far as the Rams wide receivers, Robert Woods could be a bit of a buy low right now, leading that group with nine targets per game, um, but kind of had the lowest production of that group. Jared Goff with the most red zone attempts in the league. That's just a hell of an offense. And as we've seen, Sean McVay doesn't take the foot off the gas. He's willing to run up the score. So lots of opportunities for everybody there. Robert Woods. Uh, if you're looking to fill like a medium wide receiver position would actually be a really sneaky uh, player to acquire at nine targets per game. Cooper Cup is a hold. And then Brandon Cooks, I mean, he looks exactly like what we told you he would from camp. I'm not sure he can maintain 123 yards uh, receiving per game on only six receptions per game. But, you know, obviously he's going to find the end zone uh, more this season uh, as it progresses. And, you know, obviously 20 yards per catch, hard to imagine he's able to maintain that with any volume on the season. So if there's a sell high of that Rams group, it's just an interesting group. I'd say Brandon Cooks, probably a, a bit of a sell high. His value may be a tiny bit inflated right now, but uh, definitely good news if you own him that the Rams are using him the way we saw in training camp and have real intention uh, to get that guy super involved, a much better fit than Sammy Watkins was last year. Okay, so it's that was a lot to consume. It's a huge week on the trade market heading into week three, the first real trading going on in principle. We have owners that are scared. We have players that are underperforming. We have players that are overperforming in our leagues. We need to leverage this to improve our own rosters with some in-season management right here through the trade market, guys, right here on the Tradecast every Wednesday at rosterwatch.com for our pro subscribers. So what do we make of all this, everything we've talked about um, you know, guys, one thing, make sure you check the matchup tool at rosterwatch.com uh, when you're concocting your own deals, just to kind of check the upcoming matchups, the strength of the upcoming matchups when you're formulating these deals for some of the players that are involved that may or may not have been discussed in uh, this podcast uh, today. You know, most of the guys we discussed today are, are kind of like medium range guys, the Jay Ajays, the Kenny Stills, the Nelson Aguilors of the world you know, we want to package those guys in two for one or maybe three for two combo deals for the premium players uh, in the league coming back to us. We want to receive the good players in those combo deals. We want to consolidate two or three of our medium range overperforming sell high players through a trade into one or two premium players that we bring back to improve the overall equity in our roster. Why do we do this? It improves our starting roster so we can gear up for a more competitive uh, race down the stretch and a playoff run. But guys, this also frees up an ever so important roster spot at the bottom of our roster that we can fill with another piece of waiver wire gold using the waiver wire cheat sheet every Tuesday at rosterwatch.com. The waiver wire, the other big portion of this in-season management equation that is so critical. It's kind of the holy trinity, the draft, the trade market, and the waiver wire in terms of fantasy football management and winning our fantasy football uh, leagues. And, uh, you know, we want to trade up in player equity into on, on our rosters, and we want to create room at the bottom for more waiver additions. The way we can do this is by taking two of our medium overperforming players ship them to a team in need for one 
one superior player uh, who's potentially underperforming that we feel that we are getting a good deal on. Uh, so that's the way that we would construct those type of deals, is kind of these uh, medium-type guys we discussed at length today. Uh, I'll tell you, though, for today's podcast, the tougher deals are the ones with the big-name guys that we're trying to break down. And we're not often on this side. We're usually on the side where we're trading up for the premium player. We're going after that that blue-chip equity, player equity on our roster. You know, but sometimes you're in a situation where you either have a player that's overperforming so much that you have no choice, you like him, but you have no choice to to, uh, test the trade market to sell high on him. Or maybe you're in a team in need. You have some roster holes. uh, You've started 0-2. You got to get a win this week. You're looking for guys with fantastic matchups this week. And maybe you've got a player that's just worth his weight in gold right now. And you're saying, look, my best option is to get what I can for this guy right now, break him out into two or three other pieces that, uh, can really, really reinforce my roster that I also think have massive upside that I might be able to be doing, you know, uh, reconsolidating them for or retrading them for going through this cycle again with uh, in a few uh, weeks. So let's begin uh, with a few examples of that on the running back side. That in this instance, this week, that would be an Alvin Kamara or a Melvin Gordon. So, guys, if I have Alvin Kamara or Melvin Gordon and I'm looking to sell high on those players, I'm pursuing the Kareem Hunts, the Dalvin Cooks, the Jordan Howards of the world, maybe even the Lamar Millers of the world. You know, Of course, in return, I'm going to want to get the T.Y. Hiltons, the Marquise Goodwins, or the Jarvis Landrys. You know? So maybe I get a, a Jordan Howard uh, Jarvis Landry for Melvin Gordon, you know, or a Dalvin Cook... T.Y. Hilton for Alvin Kamara. Something along those lines would be really, really suitable. Or let's say I want to use Kamara or Gordon to pursue Odell Beckham this week. This is my chance to pursue Odell Beckham, maybe. Uh, I could throw out an offer of Alvin Kamara for Odell Beckham and uh, Lamar Miller. Uh, or uh, Odell Beckham and, you know, maybe a carry on Johnson. You know, maybe I could throw out a Melvin Gordon offer. Uh, for two of the medium, you know, by low wide receivers, you know, and one of the lower end by low running backs, you know, maybe I need to break Melvin Gordon out into three pieces. Maybe I can get T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry and carry on Johnson for him as I, I have that many holes uh, to fill. That's, uh, you know, kind of the way that we'd be thinking there. And then of course, on the flip side of it, because of the nature of their value, because Kamara and Gordon are sell highs right now. Guys, we have no interest in being on the other side of this equation. We have no interest in pursuing Melvin Gordon or Alvin Kamara in trades right now. We only have interest in selling those guys very, very high at the moment. Uh, Let's give you guys a couple of examples here on the wide receiver side of things. In the week three trade market, some potential deals you can construct using some of the players we've discussed uh, during the course of this trade cast. And then we'll wrap up. Uh, with the big name guys we teased with earlier, uh, what to do with David Johnson, what to do with Le'Veon Bell, uh, James Conner, and Patrick Mahomes uh, here in just one minute. Uh, selling high on A.J. Green. If you have A.J. Green and if you need more wide receivers, you know, dangle A.J. Green for T.Y. T- Hilton or Allen Robinson and Marquise Goodwin or Larry Fitzgerald or Jarvis Landry or Corey Davis. If you can go get T.Y. Hilton... And Marquise Goodwin or T.Y. Hilton and Jarvis Landry for A.J. Green and you need wide receivers, I'd do it. If I could get Allen Robinson and Corey Davis or Allen Robinson and I I don't know if I'd do it for Davis. If I get Allen Robinson and Marquise Goodwin for A.J. Green and I need wide receivers and I'm the A.J. Green owner, I don't have any problem. I don't have any remorse shipping them off uh, in a deal like that. If I'm an A.J. Green owner attempting to sell high and I need a running back, I mean, guys, here it is. Here's your first opportunity to talk about David Johnson. If I need to sell high on A.J. Green and I need a running back, the first guy I'm looking at is David Johnson. Uh, You can also look at Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, uh, Jordan Howard that we spoke about earlier would all be reasonable running backs to pursue to kind of cash that chip in with A.J. Green. We have enough data on A.J. Green to know what his season's going to be like. It could be one of his best. 
uh, for sure. But this has been a hot start for A.J. Green. He is, uh, by all um, definitions, a sell high right now. You know, or if you needed uh, maybe a couple of running backs for A.J. Green, maybe you you offer A.J. Green for Lamar Miller and Alex Collins or Lamar Miller and Derrick Henry. Uh, if you needed a couple of running backs, that might be an option there. Um, you know, or if you have A.J. Green and you want to go after a running back and a wide receiver combo, you know, you could go swing for the fences. Maybe you're not very risk averse. You could offer A.J. Green for T.Y. Hilton and LaShawn McCoy right now. Uh, maybe you want to play it a little safer. You could offer A.J. Green for Allen Robinson and Derrick Henry or Allen Robinson and Carrion Johnson, you know, or Jordan Howard and Marquise Goodwin for A.J. Green. Those would be some options if you are uh, trying to cash that A.J. Green chip in and you needed to pick up running back and a wide receiver, kind of that uh, third option we just discussed there. So those were some examples of what I do uh, to attempt to sell high on A.J. Green if I owned him and if I was looking for uh, help at the wide receiver position, if I was looking help at the running back position, or if I was looking at you know basically flex help, a little help at both running back and wide receiver. Those are some good options for you guys. I'd say the most interesting thing with A.J. Green is to see if you can go get a David Johnson or a Kareem Hunt or a Dalvin Cook or one of these guys uh, with him. Uh, speaking of David Johnson, uh, many of you are asking about him this week, uh, rightfully so. If you're selling David Johnson, if I'm selling David Johnson, I want Jordan Howard or Lamar Miller or somebody of that level plus a T.Y. Hilton or plus a Derrick Henry or plus a Carrion Johnson. I want two, I want at least one starter and one really nice bench player for David Johnson that I believe has starter upside. I mean, that's that's worst case scenario. I mean, really, I believe that we should be able to get like a Lamar Miller, T.Y. Hilton here. That would be uh, two starters for David Johnson. Uh, you know, maybe if you go after somebody like Jordan Howard, that owner perceives more value with him than a Lamar Miller. I mean, maybe you got to take something a little lesser than a T.Y. Hilton in a combo deal like that if you're trying to ship David Johnson off. But if you can get two viable players, one who is like a real legitimate starter, you know, we're talking uh, low-end RB1s here, and we're talking, you know, at least middling wide receiver, you know, high-end, middling to high-end wide receiver ones are the guys we want in this conversation uh, for David Johnson if we're going to sell him off. Because, look, here's the deal. Otherwise, you're going to keep him. In the end, David Johnson's going to have a huge wave of production somewhere along the line. It's just a matter of when and if you can absorb the slow start. Uh, on the other side of the coin, if we're interested in buying David Johnson, you know, I would go after him with Stefan Diggs. I'd go after him with Jay Ajay. I'd go after him with Adrian Peterson. Uh you know, I would prefer to make one of those the guys, you know, the centerpiece of that deal and then locate, you know, a lower end player who we've discussed and make a combo offer for David Johnson. But you know what? If I had to ship a, a Adrian Peterson and a Jay Ajay for a David Johnson, I would do it. If I had to ship a Stefan Diggs and a Jay Ajay and a Stefan Diggs and an Adrian Peterson for a David Johnson, I'd probably do it, but that would be the maximum. I would offer, you know, better case scenario would be a uh, Stefan Diggs plus a carry on Johnson for a David Johnson, uh, something along those lines. Uh, you guys can go back and listen to some of the lesser players we talked about um, in terms of sell high and the middling sell highs that you might be able to use to concoct a deal for uh, a buy low on David Johnson. As far as selling Le'Veon Bell, uh, Cream Hunt or Jordan Howard straight up for Le'Veon Bell is what I would love to get. Uh, if I could get Lamar Miller plus T.Y. Hilton or Lamar Miller plus Derrick Henry or Lamar Mer Miller plus carry on for Le'Veon Bell, uh, 
I'd have to consider it at this point. Uh, that's definitely uh, the situation here. It's a really similar to the David Johnson situation for uh, different reasons. We found out that David Johnson's just in a horrible spot, uh, whereas Le'Veon Bell owners are just hanging in purgatory right now. They don't know if they're ever going to be able to use him or if they're going to play him or what the hell is going to happen. I mean, I, I, I'd assume you have to say that the player in the better spot is the one who's actually playing, but it's actually hard to tell who you can get more for because there's a little bit of a lure and appeal to the unknown with Le'Veon Bell versus the fact that, you know, people have kind of already fired that bullet with David Johnson, and that thing looks like, uh, you know, shit. But, you know, on the other hand, Le'Veon Bell, in my opinion, for Roster Watch Nation, my recommendation is he's the higher priority to sell of those two. We are looking to sell uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, where we can. Where we can. It's really going to come down to the perception of the owners in your leagues and the circumstances of your owners, your potential buyers in your league as to what you're going to be able to do uh, with Le'Veon Bell. But I think what you're hearing is we're not going to just give them away. That's for damn sure. We want to sell them. We're not giving them away. Um, Maybe a Lamar Miller, very lowest, is what we're taking for a Le'Veon Bell. On the other hand, if we're wanting to buy Le'Veon Bell, that's a big no, no, no. Do not buy on Le'Veon Bell, Roster Watch Nation. We are not that interested. Uh, if you eliminate the headaches from your life, you will win more money. I, I guess if I really wanted Le'Veon Bell, I'd toss a JGI offer, uh, a JGI based offer out maximum if I really wanted Le'Veon Bell right now. Uh, but of course, I would aim lower uh, to begin with. As far as James Conner, uh, it's going to take a good combo deal to get that done, to get him, uh, uh, you know, to consummate that deal. Uh, just in the end, if you look at it from both sides, I mean, he's obviously mainly a sell, right? Not a lot of people looking to buy James Conner right now, although I've seen a few. He's definitely involved in quite a few deals right now. Uh, James Conner primarily a sell, but, you know, it, it's going to take a combo deal. To get something done with James Conner. By, by that, what do I mean? That's the JHIs, that's the Lamar Millers, that's, you know, the Jordan Howards, that's some of these other guys that we discussed earlier, along with, you know, the Marquise Goodwins, the Jarvis Landrys. You get two of those guys for a James Conner, two guys of that caliber, all of a sudden we're talking. I mean, we want two guys we can play. Maybe they're not two full-blown stud starters, but one of them needs to be a pretty obvious starter, and the other one needs to have the opportunity to become a pretty good starter. I mean, they need to be pretty good players that you're getting back in return for James Conner at this point. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep rolling them out and keep rolling up the points and the wins in my fantasy league. Last but not least, Patrick Mahomes. I want all starting caliber players in return uh, for the young Kansas City Chiefs uh, star uh, and I don't want more than two players in return for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, in a very unlikely situation, I own him. And, I mean, even if I had a bad roster, I've probably gotten off to a good start, so I'm not desperate. But if in an outside situation that I own Patrick Mahomes and I need like a, to fill a bunch of holes and I need to break him down into three guys, I mean, I find that very unlikely. Um, but if I were to do that, I still want three starting caliber players in return. Uh, however, the more likely situation with Mahomes is to trade him straight up for one or two legitimate starters uh, uh, in return. And I mean legitimate starters. Uh, if we were to get one player, uh, we'd want a solid high-end wide receiver one in return for Patrick Mahomes right now. I mean, maybe he's the chip you can use to try to get a deal done with Odell Beckham at the moment. Uh, or again, if we're trading Patrick Mahomes in a one-for-one -one deal, I want an RB1 at minimum in the Jordan Howard range. You know, ideally, I would target Patrick Mahomes' very own teammate, uh, Kareem Hunt, in a one-for-one -one deal if I have the luxury of being able to ship uh, Patrick Mahomes off. I mean, he's, again, a definition of a sell high. Certainly, if uh, you need to keep Patrick Mahomes, you're feeling... Um, you know, just fine about it. You may have another quarterback. Uh, we see a lot of you that own, uh, I've had quite a, people, quite a few people on the site that also own Deshaun Watson, but they're being approached for Mahomes in deals. And I said, well, these people, 
you know, uh, they're trying to lowball you for Mahomes is you got two quarterbacks. Either you need to tweak that deal and take less, I mean, and get more for Mahomes, or you need to f- flip the deal and offer him, you know, offer him Watson and you keep Mahomes. We're not in a desperate must-sell Patrick Mahomes uh, situation here. If you're looking to sell him, it's because you've got other options. Uh, so, you guys, you need to make sure to get starting caliber players in return. We're really looking for running backs in that Jordan Howard to Kareem Hunt range, if at all possible, uh, in a Mahomes deal. And then if we've got to go combo deal on Patrick Mahomes again, something like a T.Y. Hilton or an Allen Robinson plus a Lamar Miller starting caliber players in a two-for-one deal, uh, we can definitely live with something like that. Okay, that completes the week three edition of the Rosterwatch Fantasy Football Tradecast. Thank you so much to our pro subscribers at Rosterwatch.com for all of your support. You're the ones who make this possible. As always, Rosterwatch Nation, happy trading this week. Until next time, be good and Godspeed.